0: This is Think Smart with TMFG, your weekly podcast of what's newsworthy and relevant to everyday Canadians, with your host, Senior Financial Advisor Rob McClelland and Mike Connan of Asante Capital Management. Today on Think Smart with TMFG, Mike and I are going to be discussing moving money is not saving money. Mike, what does that mean, moving money is not saving money? So let's say
1: we take returns out of the situation. There's only two real ways to increase your net worth, is either to save money, to put money away into an account, or to reduce your debt. All other things are just moving things from one pocket to the other. It isn't really saving money. And our goal is always to move ahead. So every day, if you think every day, even without market returns, it would be nice to be worth more tomorrow than you were today. And if you can keep that in mind on an ongoing basis, you have a very successful financial life. And too many people don't get that main overall concept about what it is uh, people look for the markets to rescue them because they've done a bad job on things they try to shuffle money around to make themselves feel good because someone said you should be doing something so they do it but it's moving money so
0: so let's start with, let's say you have twenty thousand dollars and you've got maybe it's a twenty thousand dollar bonus you've received from work or it's you know you've received an inheritance for twenty thousand dollars and you've got choices as to what to do with it. Number one, you could spend that $20,000. So that would yep. be pretty easy. right? Yep. You could Now, I don't know what I'd spend $20,000 on right now. You'd probably be buying, you know, maybe it's a down payment on a vehicle, maybe a, an exotic trip for $20,000. There's a couple of things. You might buy a, an ancient guitar for $20,000. You never know. <laughs> what else could you do with that money if you wanted to save it? Let's say you had some debt you could take that twenty thousand dollars and apply it to your debt so the debt would go down and your net worth would go up okay what about if i saved that twenty thousand dollars if i just put it into an investment again
1: net worth goes up
0: so i bought a gic i put money into a mutual fund um, or I just put it in my bank account. Now, that's probably not, not going to do much.
1: And the problem with once it goes in your bank account, it's going to be spent eventually anyway. So <laughs> You're just it, delaying it, the purchase just,
0: of the 20000 the yeah. use of the $20,000. you are going to spend it 5000 a month over the next four months.
1: So let's start off and take a look at debt and ways to reduce debt. Let's go in the order of things that you should not have. Now, credit card balances. I've not had a credit card balance since I was, I think, 28 or 30 years old. And I remember making the mistake. I I never had a credit card balance. And I had a girlfriend at that time. And I went down to Stolleries and I tried on this new suit. It was double breasted because that was in style at the time. And I put it on, and she said, Yeah, you look good in that suit. And I said, Oh, I'll go buy that. I remember going up and look, it was $500. I remember I didn't have $500 at at the time. I wasn't going to have $500 at the end of the month, but I want to impress the girl. So, of course, I went and bought the suit. And I remember doing that because that's the first time I ever had a credit card bill I couldn't pay. And at the end of the month, I didn't have the money to pay the credit card bill. Or well, the next month, uh, there was still $100. Next month, I still didn't have enough money. And my credit card kept on building. I always had like a, I never had a big credit card debt, but I always had a three or $400 balance. And it lasted for years. It was very difficult to get rid of because I had that habit of, I made the mistake of spending money I didn't have or wasn't going to have at the end of the month to, to go. And it was a big lesson. I think when I got in my later 20s, I finally had enough money where I paid off the credit card bill and I said, that's never going to happen to me again. Under no circumstances have I ever had a credit card balance carry over. now. At the end of the month, they're all paid.
0: So I graduated from university and the only company that would offer me a credit card was American Express. And so I've been a card holder for a long, long time, over 40 years. And the advantage to the American Express card is you couldn't run a balance. You had to pay it. And, or you go into default right away. And now things have changed a little bit since, but that was a lesson to me in that, you know, if I'm putting something on my American Express card, I got to pay for it the next month. There's yep. no choice here. I can't extend that out. So if you don't I'm not buy things spend you... $2,000. I got to have that $2,000 available or I'm in real trouble.
1: Don't buy things you can't afford. Such so an easy rule.
0: So, credit card balances are very expensive. They're north of 20%. Sometimes 27, 28, 20. They're probably moving closer to 30% now with higher interest rates. You got to pay those down as fast as you can. And paying the minimum is not paying off your credit card balance.
1: Yep. And there's no restrictions. You can pay them off 100% anytime. It's not like mortgages. You don't have penalties for paying them off. There's penalties for not paying them off.
0: What's next on the list?
1: Let's go to car loans. Car loans are another other thing that are interesting because there's no penalty. You can pay them off at any time, your car loans. Generally speaking, when you take a car loan, whatever you want, you just go pay your car loan off. And they're generally at a higher interest rate, too. You you know, nowadays if you get a car loan, you're probably paying close to nine percent on that. So and,
0: another good thing to pay off, there's no penalty, you can pay it off. What about if you've got a line of credit, an unsecured line of credit? What interest rate would you be paying today?
1: Probably nine.
0: Maybe a little less. I think mine was at seven after the interest rate hike today. We're probably seven and a quarter percent. Yep. But it's not cheap. So, that one, again, there's no penalty to pay it off. You can pay it off. You've got that extra $20,000. Yep. You're going to increase your net worth by paying off that unsecured line of credit. What about a secured line of credit?
1: A little bit lower interest rate. Yeah. But again, still higher than any other debt and mortgage debt. So, Again, should be should be gone.
0: What about what's next? Mortgages. So let's say I've got an outstanding mortgage for two hundred thousand. You can pay some of it off. Most mortgages will allow you to pay fifteen percent. Yep. Fifteen percent of two hundred thousand. You could put in, pay off thirty thousand dollars once a year.
1: The key that I find is some people get very confused. I've met with people and they say, "Well, I'm paying off my mortgage," and I like it's. It's all all the debt you owe is one, one ball of debt. You should never think of your mortgage, your line of credit, all these things separately. You should think of how much debt you owe. Don't worry about what it's classified under. Don't worry about what it's called because I watch people say, well, I'm paying off my mortgage, and their line of credit's going up quicker than they're paying off the mortgage. All they're doing is moving from one pocket to the other. And then all of a sudden, they say, well, I do pay my mortgage every month. But they used to have a $150,000 mortgage and a $20,000 line of credit. Now they have a $140,000 mortgage and a $60,000 line of credit. And they think they're doing okay because they're paying off the they mortgage. They think they're saving money. They think they're saving money. And, and you got to remember, your debt is all one big ball. I don't care where your debt is when I ask someone how much debt you owe in total. And people always play around with the numbers because they move them from one mortgage to the other, to this is secured by this. I don't care what's securing it, what's doing it. It's If you owe money, you owe money.
0: What about tax-deductible debt? How do you feel about that?
1: It can be used in a purpose. Like, I mean, if you have an investment, uh, an investment loan and you're doing that, that's part of your plan, that can be uh, a decent thing to have in place.
0: Yeah, I've never asked you this question, but what percent of your clients do you think could handle a leverage loan or a tax-deductible debt?
1: Maybe 5 to 10%.
0: Yeah, that's what I was thinking, about 10%. Could stomach it, yeah. Because it's tough. You go and borrow a hundred thousand. You put it in an investment. There's a chance that could be eighty thousand dollars within the next twelve months. Yep. And then you're scared because your investment's worth eighty thousand, and you still owe ninety-eight thousand dollars on the debt. Or maybe even the full hundred. So that's debt reduction. Always a good thing to be doing, especially today with the higher interest rates. The more debt you can pay down, the better off you're going to be. What about savings?
1: So what's the peck and order on savings? I always go, what's going to give you the most, uh, the most effect, most effective money back. And even though you read some articles that diss RSPs and go and say there's problems with them, still the best bang for the buck is topping off your RSP. In 90, probably 95% of most situations, it makes most sense to go and put money into your RSP first. You're going to get your – the marginal tax rates in Canada are 54% on the top rate. You get 54% back immediately it's hard to match that
0: even if you're you know making forty thousand dollars you're still paying 25 to 30 percent in income tax at the high, at, 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 on each additional dollar so putting money into an rsp definitely makes sense what would number two be
1: TfSAs there's no disadvantage to a TfSA whatsoever i i, I can't believe that people don't use that they i see people with uh with cash accounts that have $50,000 sit outside and don't have a TSA. doesn't make any sense. You need to have that money growing tax-free.
0: I think there's a, a new candidate on the horizon, and that would be the first uh, home savings plan. It has the advantage of an RSP deduction and growth like a TFSA, and it's tax-free. Now, it's restricted. If, 8, you, if you've or, owned a home, yep. you can't do this. Um, and there's a limit to it, just like the RSP and the TFSA, and the limit is a lifetime limit of 40000 and a yearly limit of 8000 yep. So it's a great option for those who aren't homeowners. What comes next? Well, it depends
1: on the situation. I mean, there's open accounts inside where that's a decent place to have savings vehicles. And again, if you can tilt those uh, those open accounts to produce dividend income and capital gain income, it's tax preferred. And a lot of the capital gains can be deferred to a later period in time.
0: If you've got a corporate account, it's a great place to save. It's probably even better than your open account.
1: You're probably 15 to 17% tax rate inside the corporation, which is nice. So that makes sense to have the corporate tax rates involved.
0: So the example there is you've got the extra 20000 Rather than taking it out of the corporation, you leave it in the corporation. You don't have to pay tax on that 20000 until you take it out. And then in the corporation, you're paying a lot less tax.
1: And yeah. if you, if you're a parent and have a child that's under 17, RESPs, they, you should absolutely be maxing those. That's $2,400 a year uh, or $2,500 a year you can put in and get a full $500 back from the government. In addition to that, you have tax-free growth. So they're great investments.
0: The Registered Disability Savings Plan. For those who do have a disability, it's a great way of putting some money away. I've got a client today who's now retired and he's got over a couple hundred thousand dollars in his Uh, disability savings plan. And it's just another, you know, I I think of it another place for him to take income in retirement.
1: And no one realized it it can be up to a three to one match. So if you put $1,500 in, the government will add $3,500 each year for the $1,500 you put in. So it's something if you're qualified for that, or your children qualify for that in any way, it's something to look at.
0: Last on the list, you had cash savings account. Why is it last on the list, Mike?
1: It's going to pay the least and be the worst the worst tax situation. But nowadays, even the cash savings account, we have high interest savings accounts that are in the you know, uh, upper 4% return rates. So uh, it, rather than just having the money sit in a checking account where it's going to get zero, at least having a cash savings account, if you're not comfortable with being on the investment side of things, at least have it making a reasonable rate of return.
0: My biggest complaint about the cash savings account is it's so easy. To get to the money. Yeah. So I'll give you the example and you know I talk about diet. And uh so let's say it's you know 9 30 at night, you're getting a little hungry, and uh there's a bag of chips in the cupboard, or you could go make a salad. What are you doing, Mike?
1: Oh, chips are my enemy. <laughs> so you're gonna
0: go for the bag of chips. Yeah. Or what about if There's a nice fresh loaf of bread, and there's some peanut butter nearby.
1: Yeah. Okay. We're, we're no longer allowed to have chips in our house because I have no willpower. <laughs> <laughs> not allowed to be bought.
0: And 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 the cash saving accounts is no different. Yeah. Whereas if you've got the money in a in a, a TFSA or an RSP, you're 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 not going to touch it. You're gonna uh, uh, you're you're going to avoid the crave that you've got. Yeah. For whatever reason you want to utilize that money. Yep. Yeah and so the easier you make to get to that money the more likely you're going to get to it and blow it let's go back to the title of the presentation moving is not savings so you wrote down in-kind contributions are not savings what's an in-kind contribution mike explain that to our audience an
1: in-kind contribution is if you want to make an rsp contribution Rather than go and give us, let's say, $20,000 for this year in an RSP contribution, people come up and say, yeah, I have some money in my open account. Can you just move the $20,000 from my open account into my RSP so I get the tax receipt? Similarly, we have this a lot uh, with tax-free savings accounts. Everyone can do $6,500 or $13,000 for a couple. At the beginning of the year, they say, oh, can you just move that money over from my open account? And these are people working, have jobs, and they think they've done their tax-free savings account. They have and they haven't. Right, I mean, they've they've moved the money into a tax-free, they they taken advantage of the tax shelter, but they haven't saved $13,000 by doing that. All they've done is move money. And they try to fool themselves into thinking they're saving because when they look, they say, well, I've done my RSPs, and I've done all, all these other investments. But when I look at the end, the amount of net money they contribute to their plan was zero. And they're they're a little bit better off from a tax point of view, but it tends to destroy their financial plans.
0: And I see people doing this all the time, moving money from an open account to an RSP, from an open account to a TFSA, from an open account to an RESP. Now, the individuals we're talking about are all pre-retired. When you're in retirement, there's nothing wrong with moving money from your open account to your TFSA account. That's a completely different move. You're not in a savings mode. You're in a tax reduction mode. And so if you do move money into a TFSA, you're going to reduce your long-term tax bill.
1: If you're working, you should be saving. Simple as that.
0: If you're looking to help your family members out, the best strategy if you're retired is to put some money into an an RESP for your grandchildren.
1: I always think of it this way. If there's no return on the marketplace, if there is zero return on the marketplace, everything was just at zero and, and you're working person, your net worth should increase every day. Somehow your net worth should increase because otherwise you're spending more than you're making, which is going to be disastrous at a certain point in time.
0: So what are the best ways to save?
1: Number one, if you have an employee match program, they're by far the best. You're getting free money. Never turn down free money. Always maximize those out.
0: I think the monthly savings plan, that's been my go-to for... Over 40 years, um, just put money away every month and increase it every year. And and when I increase, even if you increase it five dollars, ten dollars, you're you're pushing that number up. And before you know it, you've moved from two hundred dollars a month to three hundred dollars a month or five hundred dollars a month. You don't have to go from you know five hundred dollars to a thousand dollars. That'd be nice, but not everyone has that cash flow.
1: Same as I have to pay for food every month or car insurance this comes out of my account every month.
0: Other ways to save.
1: Bonuses directed to RSPS. Many companies will allow you to have if you get a bonus and you have a pretty pretty strong bonus from a company, many times they will allow you to put them directly to your RSP and even not have the tax taken off. So again, that way if you get a $20,000 bonus, they will move a full $20,000 into your RSP rather than get a $20,000 bonus have them take the tax off and you end up with what $13,000 afterwards.
0: So oh. Much better strategy. A final recommendation is earlier in the year, the better. If you wait to the end of the year to do your savings, you're missing out on a full year's worth of growth. That makes a big difference. I've told this story before. Another financial advisor always made sure his clients' TFSA contributions were invested close to January the 1st. And it's made a big difference. His TFSA accounts for his clients are all north of $150,000 now. Yep. Even though we've been using the exact same investments over those years. That brings us to the end of another week. Thank you for joining us. This is Rob and Mike with Think Smart from the McClellan Financial Group of Asante Capital Management, reminding you to live the life that makes you happy.
1: However, no warranty can be made as to its accuracy or completeness. Before acting on any of the previous information, please make sure to see a professional advisor for individual financial advice based on your personal circumstances. The opinions expressed are those of the authors and not necessarily those of Asante Capital Management Limited.